Okay, welcome to episode 55 of the United Pubcast. A weird one today. Um, first of all, we're back at the pub, but a weird one because there is obviously good news, but we've also lost a semi-final, or technically lost the semi-final. We won on the actual day, but obviously on aggregate we would go out, so it's a bittersweet podcast, but um, good to be back at the pub rather than doing this online. Well, yeah, mate. Well, you wanted to leave me. Um, you, you've, lo- you've made a last-minute U-turn. I think United's wins inspired you, and you thought you'd turn up. Yeah, no, typical glory hunter, I guess. Um, well, we'll, still, we'll get into, obviously, the Bruno Fernandes thing, but we might as well start with the game as it is quite fresh in the memory. A weird one, going away to Man City and beating them. And beating them, look, we'll get into the performance. The City could have won 15-0 if they wanted to. Um, but if you go away to Man City and win, you have to sort of take your hat off and give credit to everyone. However, when you go out of the semi-final, it's disappointing. Oh, no doubt. Um, I think... I mean, I know this sounds like almost negative to say this, but because we've had two weeks of basically accepting that we were out, it's kind of helped in the sense all we could have asked for is a spirited performance. I probably would have taken a draw, just not a loss. Um, And the fact that we've actually won the game. You know what the most ironic thing is? What's United's biggest weakness at the moment? Oh, God. That's a big question, I would say, in midfield. All right, I mean, not, not positional play. I mean, if you look at our overall play, what, what's our biggest weakness? How do we concede most of our goals? Set pieces. And how did we score today? Yeah, well, well it was our second phase of a set piece, yeah. Irony. Um, but it was our almost our one chance because City were good. City were very good. And like, as I said, they, they could have been 6 and up if they wanted to. Like that chance David Silva had at the end um, where he decided to pass. Um but set pieces was, but I don't, I don't think City are the strongest from set pieces, but um, it was a good finish by Matic, and I thought Matic had a pretty solid game again, and there's talk of a new contract for Matic. I was about to ask you, do you think he's earned a new deal? Because for me, he, he 100% he has. Uh, I, I think he's well within his right to demand a new contract, but it depends on the business. I think if the club can go out and buy new midfielders, I wouldn't give him the contract, but um, if the club's not going to invest, which they've obviously invested overnight, but... Um, just numbers-wise, maybe he is worth um, keeping around. Um, I think a lot will depend on Paul Pogba. But, um, yeah, what was the set piece? I was just going to say um, Harry, uh, Harry Maguire had a chance from a set piece, I think. Um, yeah. Headed over. Um, but, yeah, City, De Gea had a good game. I didn't create chance after chance after chance, but they were just in that area threatening to create yeah. a chance. So, um it wasn't comfortable. As I said, City deserved to win, and somehow we managed to hold on. But you know, it's frustrating. Just this. So I can see, and at the start of the game, it did work. So Solskjaer learnt his lesson from the first leg, where we try to play out the back, and Phil Jones was all over the place, and Lindelof was all over the place. And I thought that's why he switched that to the back three, and he obviously trialed it at Tranmere for that case. Um, but it looked like, and for the first half, I actually felt like it was working. But then. Towards the second half, you saw, again, it was just those glimpses of that back three was really getting pressured. I just don't see there, like, I can understand the difference between a player taking responsibility and a coach's instruction. When we're playing ourselves into trouble, yeah. just stop, just go long. Because every time we force City to go long, we pressed high on City and stopped Claudio Bravo playing out from the back. But I had to play long to Aguero, and Harry Maguire just ate the ball up for breakfast every time. 
And every t- then maybe it was a bit harder when we went long. It was going to Marshall, who was doing absolutely nothing. Larry's just dropped his nuts. <laughs> um, not his nuts, they are not his actual nuts. Um, as he picks them up after that big gust of wind. I will still be in them. <laughs> He's eating it. Three second rule. Yeah. Quick pick them up. Um, yeah, if you heard that gust of wind, it just um, threw his nuts off the table. Um, what, what were we talking about there? Um, playing long to Martial, he just did nothing to hold the ball up. Um, I think that was one of Martial's poorest games in a United shirt. I really do. He had the, his first touch, I don't know, has it been training with Jesse Lingard? Well, yeah, no. Yeah, look, yeah, when a striker has a bad game, he has, sort of the next stage is to look back and look at his sort of service and how much sort of the other players brought him into the game. But, um, yeah, sometimes you have to say, OK, it's not my day, the, the team's not creating my sort of service for me. I have to go and do, make something happen. And he wasn't making anything happen. So there's a poor game from Martial. Um, do you think it was harsh on... Um, Greenwood to get hooked. I know, I, I know. We were chatting, and I was like, yeah. "Has he touched the ball this half?" But I, I would have given another twenty minutes. Um, personally, I would have changed the shape. But look, Solskjaer goes on and wins the game. You you can't bank on beating City two 0 So you, yeah. you go on and bank. You go on and beat them one nil. You, you have to credit Solskjaer. I, I would have kept him on for a little bit longer. Um, but I, <laughs> I can understand um, Dan James coming on at the same time. So. Um, individual performances might as well go on to start with that David De Gea to be honest at times he was the De Gea of old wasn't he um, particularly in that first half when they had their onslaught I thought he was reactive to everything commanded his area well uh, distribution look I think that's the biggest weakness in his game um, well you could argue dealing with crosses but anyway um, but yeah I thought shot stopping wise really good well, I made this case with, uh, well, I think I was talking to you and talking to someone else as well about De Gea's distribution. And yes, look, it's not Edison, it's not Allison, it's, I understand that. But there is a big difference when De Gea is fighting the ball out to Ashley, or Ashley Young's not here anymore, but he's fighting the ball out to Luke Young or Aaron Wan-Bissaka or putting it in the Luke midfield. Luke Young, what a player, who's that? Luke Young, he used to play for Aston Villa, yes. Um, out to Ashley Young or Luke Shaw, or when he sort of puts the ball into Matic or Fred or someone who has, or Pereira has no awareness in midfield. Whatever they do with the ball, when the way they receive the ball makes or breaks the pass. You'll judge if it's a good pass or not. It's a hell of a lot different to being able to float the ball out to Alexander-Arnold or Robertson or Van Dyke or someone. That's fair. And look, look, yes, it's not a strength of his game, but I think it's really over, sort of overstated and there's a lot down to the players around him. But Harry Maguire doesn't want the ball in the six-yard box. He doesn't want it there. I don't know why we give it to him, whether that's down to Solskjaer or down to the players. Who knows, but... um does himself no favours with the distribution, that's for sure. On Maguire, I thought... His best game in a United shirt. Yeah. I really believe that, mate. He was he was on it today. He really was. His positional play was much improved. And even the one or two times he got in a foot race, look, he does look slow, but he gets there. Yeah, you know, I don't know. if Is he really slow? Is it just his running style? It's, it's, it's his running style. He's, he's sort of very sort of robotic. Not robotic, very... I don't know. He does look like he's running. He's got short strides, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's very heavy. He's a big guy, mm. so um, the movements are sort of very. But he caught up with Sterling. He caught yeah. up. Uh, there was Aguero on one occasion. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. Okay, he can be slow, but if you're slow and still make up the ground, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Do you think that was his best United performance? Uh, look, if you go away and it was only for a few minutes, or only for ten or fifteen minutes, or with ten men, but if you go away to Man City and keep a clean sheet, and you're one of the defenders. That's off to you. Yeah, it would yeah. have to be one of his better performances. 
Now, maybe it's his worst, I'm not sure, but he's got a, um, a few a few performances which could rival it, but um, maybe right, the opposite to Maguire now, the worst performance of the game, Jesse Lingard. Oh, mate. Seriously, I try to really be composed and sensible when it comes to Lingard because people are so over the top in the way that they treat him um, and react to his performances, but honestly, he was really poor. That That's probably his worst game this season, and he's been bad this season. I understood the selection. I thought, okay, wait, City, I can understand why he's gone for him over a prayer or matter, even though everyone knows I'll play one matter. I can understand and sort of agreed why he went with Lingard, and then it wasn't working. I thought Lingard might have got the hook at halftime, but... Um, there was obviously that footage of Solskjaer, which has gone viral now. Yeah. Um, which, everyone's saying, oh, we're finally seeing this. Good to see. Well, it's the time the camera's picked him up. We don't know. He might be doing that every week. Exactly. And then the camera picked that one up. Um, but it is good to see. Solskjaer definitely wasn't happy with him and was true to his words. Said you do it. Because he was trying that linking up play just with a... The ball was coming into him and he's getting away... Trying to get it away first t- with the first time pass. And it just wasn't working at all. Time after time, the ball came in. They try and play back in midfield and just lose it. Mm. It's literally like we're not no lip readers, but it definitely did look like Solskjaer saying one more time and you're off. And the next time, two minutes later, he did come off. So fair play to Solskjaer for anyone who thinks he's an easy touch. I've never believed he was. I have said this all the way through. Don't pay attention to what happens in press conferences. Maybe by nature he's a very nice guy, but he's a human being and he's a fan and he's passionate and he's he wants to be successful. You think he doesn't benefit if we lose, obviously. Yeah. So, um, look, it was nice to see, but man, I felt sorry for Jesse. It was funny, actually. If you saw when Jesse came on, he came off, sorry, he tried to give him a bit of a hug and condole him a little bit. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, mate, <laughs> Jesse didn't want a bar of it. Yeah, no, and look, it's, it's a good thing Lingard has played pissed off because if you perform like that, it's naturally as a yeah. professional, you're going to be annoyed. Uh, before we get on to just wrapping up the game, some to what happened at the end of the game, that free kick. I was beyond fuming. I, look, I, I, don't, I put on Twitter, I don't like using the word uh, disgrace or disgust or anything. It gets overused far too often in football. But when we got that free kick and I saw one matter was starting to get away, starting to sort of leave the vicinity of taking the free kick and it was going to be either Pereira or Fred. I thought that is... I, I don't know whose decision it was. I hope... It couldn't have been Sol- Solskjaer. No one's that stupid. Like, with Matty, had a chance... With Fred and Pereira, you knew there was no chance it was going in. Mm. It was going over. or was, They both had the ability to put it in. We know that. They're professional footballers. We knew. We just knew it wasn't going to happen. With Matter, there was a chance. Because it's almost like a penalty yeah. there with Matter. Matter, there's probably... Say maybe a six out of ten chance he's going to score that. With Fred and Pereira, I'm not being over the top. They weren't going to score. It was just their United careers don't allow that. They're, yeah. not, they're not going to put a ball in the top corner in a Manchester derby. They just they don't possess that quality mm. to perform on the big stage like that. Yeah, it's strange on Matter's a good free kick I was taker. Filthy, but from that area, that is where one matter thrives. And yeah. Claudio Bravo left such a big gap over to where one matter can clip it over the wall. And yeah, I thought I don't know Hughes' decision, but I was. Human. I just got up out of the couch in front of the TV and was just like pacing up and down the hallway. I, I couldn't believe they didn't let him take it. Um, so yeah, that's my let a bit of steam off with one matter. Any other talking points? Uh, not really. I mean, can we just highlight though? Uh, you know, when you're looking for a sub to come on. And, oh, you know what? I do want to talk about the Matic uh, second yellow card. It was disgraceful. Solskjaer said he agreed with that yellow. Um, Look, it, it's, not, it's not a yellow card. Referees who haven't played the game 
um, will give yellow cover. They don't understand the game. A lot of the Premier League referees haven't played the game at a good level, so they don't don't understand what's happened there. Gundogan sort of bought the foul. Um, the first foul, maybe look, I personally wouldn't give a yellow, but um, when he is on a yellow, look, and it's definitely not a second yellow, but when he is on a yellow, look, I've just sort of made a hypocrite of myself because put myself in the referee's shoes. But he can kind of have no complaints, and I can see where Solskjaer is coming from. He's put himself in a sort of tricky spot, but mm. Gundogan has made the most of it. Well, uh, and back to my original point, what I was going to say was uh, when you're looking to your bench, you want to bring on something to, you know, obviously bring the game into your favour. You're trying to win the leg. He brings on Andreas, like, yeah, he's got no options. Yeah, I had a feeling maybe with the 11 men we are probably going to maybe create something and get something but I think as soon as it went down to 10 men yeah, the hard no uh, maybe not so much from an attacking point of view I just thought would leave gaps and eventually City did a, sort of create one or two chances towards the end but um, at the end of the day it, you almost forget about it but we did win 1-0 which, which yeah kept, we did kept them out and, and who knows maybe it means a certain Portuguese fella's going to start in the midfield on the weekend he hasn't passed his medical yet, but fingers crossed. But before we get in the Bruno three two ones, I want to give three to I think I think Maguire. I thought he was really good. Yeah, uh, Maguire was man of the match for me, and I'd say De Gea for two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, okay, we just moved out of the wind a little bit, so hopefully um, you're not getting any gale force wind in your headphones at the moment. But we're just about to give one point. Um, was that Fred? Yeah, mate. I thought he was really well. Uh, played really well. Sorry. Um, I love the way he turned out of uh, tackles and the press that City tried to put on him. Uh, they pressed him. Uh, definitely targeted him. I thought he was played really well. Put some good balls out wide, um, which I'd love to see him do a bit more of. It, it, my only criticism of Fred is, look, he's not a world-class player, uh, but he's definitely got the ability. He's got a good passing range, so I'd just like to see him utilise that a bit more. But, yeah, I thought definitely a one-pointer. Okay, so enough talking about the Man City defeat. Actually, I keep saying defeat. We won the match, but obviously go out on a not even away goals. It's just on aggregate, wasn't it? Um, okay, on to Bruno Fernandez. Finally, it has happened. Um, for those keeping track, I have um, topped up the kitty to the $400 mark for the Koala fundraiser because I had money on, well, not money on, but I didn't think we would get a signing done, but um, thankfully we did. And for our $200 goal for the fundraise, we now reached $400. So thank you for everyone who donated there. Um, okay, on to the play of the deal. Happy with the actual the drawn-out negotiations? Well, I mean, I don't like the. Yeah, that's the ambulance for his medical. <laughs> the medical, as I said. Uh, I, I, I don't like how long it's taken. Um, I think this could have been done in the first week of January if the club were genuinely organised. Um, and did their dealings properly, but let's focus on the positives at least first. Um, and look, it's definitely it's what we need, right? We we lack creativity, and what Fernandez does bring is uh, a high level of goal involvement. If I'm not wrong, uh, highest goal involvement in uh, the Portuguese league to date uh, for this season. Last season, he was in double digits for both goals and assists. I think last season it was in Europe. He was the best in terms of goals and assists yeah. from midfield. Um, even in the Europa League this season, he, um, he's done well. So now he's eligible to play Europa League. Isn't yeah, he? he is. He is. Yeah, they've changed that rule now. So uh, I think maybe if you sign another player, you can only allow one one player who can play in the competition twice. I think if you were to sign to say another player from Sporting, you could only choose one of them to play in the Europa League. I think not that we're not that we're signing someone from Lisbon yeah. again. 
but um, I think you can use one player. Okay. Is done. I think that I is the way it yeah. works. Yeah. In, in any case, um, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get any more deals done. I'll be surprised, but it's a good signing. And, and you know what? It could, in fact, be the catalyst to us making top four. Well, before we actually get into sort of where you'll play, how you think, what you think you sort of bring to the team and bring to the midfield, almost the forgotten man that is he a replacement for Pogba? I think he is, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you just look at what the role he plays for sporting and what his strengths are, creativity, goal involvement, um, scores goals from midfield, gets up and down the pitch, not as physical as Pogba, um, not defensively minded, but if you look at the role Pogba plays or is meant to play in this team, yeah, unfortunately, because I would have loved to see Pogba see it out, but yeah, I think he's the replacement. Well, I think... um Ideally, and again, yeah, obviously have to look to the future and sort of next season starts in a few, or this season finishes in a few months, so it won't happen too often. But ideally, you play Pogba alongside Fernandez with Saber Tomine sitting in behind them, and um, it could give us a really good glimpse at the end of the season. But ultimately, I think we're both sort of accustomed to the fact that it's going to end in Pogba leaving. I think yeah. we do it right. Maybe a lot of people sort of will be glad with that. I personally think it's. I'm going to significantly weaken us, but um, hopefully Bruno Fernandes is the, I would say the next Pogba, but a real... You know what, mate? It comes down to recruitment. If you can get... I mean, let's look at Liverpool, right? And I hate to compare to Liverpool, but that's the best team in the world at the moment. So that's what we compare with. Look, they're the best team in the world, but City are better. Okay, and part of being better is winning games, Liverpool win games. I know technically that makes them better. Better squad. City are City, City, the way they play, shits on Liverpool. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think for City, it's just been a fact of they've won the Premier League to what two or three in the last four years, yeah. right? Like they're dominating. So I don't think the motivation, like naturally for players, the motivation to win three on the bounce is it's difficult. But anyway, yeah, um, it's not a Man City podcast. Uh, I think that what was my point? Lost me right off. Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, I think with uh, I could see a potential scenario where Pogba does stay because things can always change you never know and if I look at like Real Madrid I've gotten um, Van der Beek from um, well yeah the, the deal if you believe reports has been oh. agreed for him to join in the summer um, so if that's the case Ericsson's now gone to Inter so I'm just like where does Pogba really go besides Juventus who are a club who don't really spend a lot in terms of transfer fee yeah. and United are, at the very minimum will want their money back I guarantee they'll want more well, the thing that concern, not concerns me, but with Pogba to Juventus, they've still got Ronaldo. They're both going. They're not going to want to earn less than the other person. And that's right. I don't think. It's you a don't think so? I don't think Pogba's not going to want to earn less than any other player. And Ronaldo's definitely not earning less than any other player. So I don't know how they're going to afford both of them because they're both going to want one point five million a week. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to Bruno Fernandez. Um, in terms of, the, I think. It, Solskjaer has been so strict in terms of his four-two-three-one. Do you think he just goes into number ten, or do you think now that he has got, let's say, his man, he does now change the shape a little bit and plays three in midfield? Look, I think he actually wants to play a three in midfield because when he first came in, it was Pogba, Pogba, Matic, Herrera, and and in fact, he was more stubborn about the four-three-three than anything. Um, I don't recall him switching to a four-two-three-one. Uh, very much. People were saying Pogba was playing in the number ten role, but for me, he wasn't. Like defensively, he still lined up in that three man 
Um, so I actually think that's Sol- that's Solskjaer's preferred formation. I think he's played four two three one out of necessity. Perhaps he feels there's a. If you look at now, we can question their quality, but we're actually quite stacked in the number ten position. Right. So it makes sense from that point of view. I think Fernandez' best position's probably box to box, but I could definitely see him filling that number ten role. Yeah, well, he does seem, and look, I'm no expert, maybe he's seen, I think, two games for Sporting Lisbon over the last few in the Europa League, none of the Portuguese games. Yeah. I see some people say, oh, I've seen him play 15, 20 times. Bullshit. Yeah, I haven't. No one yeah. watches the Portuguese League 20 times. Unless you're Portuguese, I don't want to hear from you. But I have seen hours and hours of YouTube footage, like everyone. Um, <laughs> the thing that, okay, he's obviously a quality footballer, looks look fantastic on the ball, can score, can create. But I think one of the good things in terms of what we're lacking is his character. He does look a bit of a bit of a bastard. He does like kicking people. Yeah. And I think that is sort of what's sort of sorely missed. I remember we were having this debate about um, James Madison and Jack Grealish. Okay, James Madison's probably the better footballer in terms of character. We lack so much character. Jack Grealish is probably, well, it puts another tick in his box. So if you were choosing between Madison or Grealish, are you taking? Uh, look, uh, there's strong cases for both. For me, maybe just, I'll, I'll probably opt for Grealish just for that. I think we lack so much character, and I, I think that's what I'll take. I think Madison's probably a better footballer, but in terms of Madison, I think everything would have to be going well, would have to be playing well for to him to play well. I think with Grealish, you're going to be having a bad game, and he can still make something, or can still have a positive performance where... You look at Martial now, fantastic play. When it doesn't go his way, though, what does he offer? Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not comparing Madison to Martial, but I just have that same sort of feel like, well, when it's good, it's great, but when it's not great and it's hardly great at United now, um, you do need a little bit of character, and I think we severely lack it. So hopefully, Fernandez um, brings a little bit of bite to midfield. Um, any more business in January within the day that's left? Call me crazy, I would not be surprised if we get one more. I can't say. What do you think a striker online? I don't think we'll get a striker. I actually think it could be another midfielder. I mean, we're still, if you, it, it, it's everywhere. We're chasing the Birmingham City uh, fella pretty hard. But the way I see that, and look, if you're going to spend that amount of money, you'd assume they're going to they're play. They're probably loaning back, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. assume that. If you're 16, you don't sign someone. Hey, look, you asked me, do I expect any signings? You didn't ask yeah. me around, do they come into the first team right away? Um, yeah, that is a weird one, that Birmingham one. Um, uh, honestly, if if Cavani was available, I'd take it. I really would. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I think Solskjaer wants to lean away from a short-term option, but I think given our situation and how, look, it doesn't feel like it, but how close we are to um, top four, it might be a price you're going to have to pay um, yeah. as the club. Like, imagine if you could put Cavani, like right now, right? Rashford's out. You put Cavani through the middle, you move Martial back to the left. It's pretty, pro- it's pretty potent, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, time will tell. Well, well the Bruno Fernandes deal, by the time you listen to this, hopefully he's done, had all his photos, but he's still yet to complete the medical, and I will not hold anything. I won't hold my breath with this club, because I still remember one of my favourite players ever, Ruud van Nistelrooy, signed, failed his medical. Um, so, again, he's not going to fail his medical, but fingers crossed. Can, I, can I just say a big thank you to Ed Woodward for doing such a fantastic job in securing this deal? Well, I don't really want to thank Woodward, but do you want to talk? Uh, I'm being to, sarcastic. Would, would you like to talk about Ed Woodward now? And I've got my two cents I want to put in, but um, the attack... First of all, this attack on his house. I'll say this and start. If true, which it potentially does look true, it's bad. Um, there's a line, and you can think what you want. You can sing what you want, in my opinion. Yeah. But when you show up to the guy's house where, okay, his family wasn't there, but 
for all they knew that his family was there and he was there and you behave like that in any matter whether you want to call it an attack on the house or let off whatever however you want to describe it can you show up at the guy's house and do anything that's wrong it's crossed the line ten times too far yeah um, look we love this football club you know when they play well it affects our mood and when they go in badly like for the most part where they are now yeah it upsets us a little bit um, and it's a major part of our lives but in saying that if we're being mature and we're being respectful and re- realistic it is just a sport um, I think that's Bruno Fernandez uh, travelling into Manchester yeah, we're not do- Sydney we're not doing this podcast from the pub in Sydney where we are in Manchester airport uh, hotel football um, yeah and it, it's scummy it's sluggish but you know what we need a, and you know, Stephen Housen said this, and I agree with it. Unfortunately, we got to stop saying things like they're not fan, they're not true fans. Unfortunately, there are fans who are thuggish, and no, 100%. that's part of the fan base these days. So when you, that's why when we're on here and we're talking about don't spread negativity, this is what we're referring to. This is what, and again, I'm not blaming other people for what they say or having an opinion, but this is what it can lead to. This is the mindset that you're giving fans for thinking coming fifth, right? There are teams who have gone broke. We saw a brewery. Like, you don't have a club to support anymore. When you put it into football perspective, we weren't Leeds. We didn't go broke and go from challenging titles to into the championship. It's it's really not where we want to be, but it, it doesn't warrant an attack on a man's house no matter what. Well, that's, and, what, was, that's what I was saying last yeah. week in terms of... And this is the, these guys who have showed up aren't the guys who have these big platforms on YouTube. But your job as a fan or your job as a supporter, you have a responsibility to almost 24-7 these days. If you whacked out a line, and as I said, just in terms of negativity, you can be negative, you can criticise, but just in terms of your, you're representing the club every time you're out, every time someone's got a phone or you've got a tweet or a Facebook post, you are representing the club. You might not like it, you might want to, you might sort of not want that responsibility. The fact is you do have that. Look at Arsenal, every time Arsenal um, have a bad result, everyone goes on Arsenal fan TV, because sadly they represent the Arsenal fan base. So everyone sort of treats Arsenal fans like that, like sort of the bunch of idiots they are. Yeah. There I am. But um, I will put my tinfoil hat on now. When the news first broke, I didn't believe it. I said, prove that's Ed Woodward's house. And the fact is the Sun newspaper was there taking exclusive photos an hour and a half before the police were notified. There's been so... Since Neil Ashton has come in to work for Ed Woodward in terms of sort of a new PR guy, the moment I saw the tweet that Ed Woodward's house was under attack, I was sceptical. I said, bullshit. Uh, the, the amount of pro-Woodward sort of propaganda in the last week, I said, this is just hit there to gain sympathy. Prove it's his house. Yeah. Uh, who broke... Was it Daily Express? Someone just the wrote sun. an article. Oh. It was the Sun. No, about like patting him on the back for getting the deal done with Fernandez. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was embarrassing, was, was, man. Yeah. Honestly. The, 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 like... If anyone who doesn't know, yeah, Neil Ashton, who used to work... I think he worked for Sky Sports and maybe one of the newspapers has just been employed by United as sort of almost a PR guy. Not by United, but to, to work alongside them. And he is now putting out, prop- not, I don't want to call it propaganda, but spinning everything positive about Woodward out there. So all the journalists now are saying what a good job Woodward is doing, sort of condoning the songs that have been sung about him. I'm saying it's all the manager's fault, it's Woodward's fault. It's, sorry, it's, um, it's the Glazers' fault. Woodward's doing a fantastic job. An article I've got, just in a week, Neil Ashton took his job a week ago, or took the reins of his new job a week ago. Since then, there's six articles a day 
saying how good Woodward is. Embarrassing. And when it's this, his job. And, and but, but when this came out, I just maybe as a cynic in me, and I feel bad because if it is true what happened, as it said at the start, I can't defend it. It's very bad. But I don't. I, there's something in me that doesn't believe it. I just it has the all the makings of fake news. If he's doing his job properly, we wouldn't even know who he is. Did you really hear David Gill's David name Gill much? Never. And look, it, look like... it is a different time. There was no Twitter background. Oh, there, there was, but te- it didn't, wasn't at the same level. But, um, yeah, I know what you mean. The... I mean, look, i put it to you in this way, right? Nate, do you know who Liverpool's chief executive is? Well, I want to say Michael Edwards. I don't want to um, embarrass myself if that's wrong. Um, maybe that's me being too obsessed with Liverpool knowing that. But um, they've got a few. I know John Henry's the owner. Like... But yeah, I know you mean. Yeah, but like that's the thing. You're not sure though. Yeah. But you ask any other top six, they like know, they, know, they know who Ed Woodward is. Yeah. They know the owners. They know the wood, the board. Embarrassing, mate. Like seriously, if you just got a director of football in, like you said you would 18 months ago, then they could be copping the flack if it was all falling apart, or they'd be doing the job that you were meant to do. And this deal could have been done three weeks ago. Maybe we'd earn more points in that time because our Fred wouldn't be run into the ground. And Pogba could actually, you know, not have to rush himself injured and be out for three months because we'd have a creative outlet. Yeah. Do well, your job, mate. We'll just on, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up soon. We'll just get into some of the Facebook and Twitter comments on Twitter. Um, Vina at Mad uh, Aussie Guy said on Twitter, said Ed's house being attacked would be one of the points we need to discuss, which we obviously just did. But as a fellow fan, we've got to draw the line. Uh, where the obsession with bringing down Ed Ends. So, look, I have, I have no problem with the songs. Some of the pro Woodward um, articles in the last couple of days have sort of slated the songs. No one's going to actually cut him up um, and cut him up from head to toe, as the song suggests. So, it's just a football song. But um, I don't have a problem with the songs, but yes, showing up at someone's house um, is a huge, huge issue. Um, mainly just from a safety thing. Could you imagine if something happened to his wife or kids yeah let alone Woodward he's a man he can do it again not condoning it but he can deal with himself but it's nothing to do with his actual family um onto the Facebook comments I'll let them up here um actually Cy left a comment um regarding Fred um Fred these are some of his numbers from the Man City game um he had the most duel engagements he won the most duels had the most recoveries attempted the most tackles and won the most tackles most chances created, most crosses attempted, and most crosses completed. So, um, yeah, as you said, in terms of Fred having a really positive game. Uh, Liam Watson, United stance on Rayola's players now. Do we blacklist them? Because whenever they come to our club, they, um, whenever they come to our club, that parasite causes so much trouble and grief for us. I think we're at a stage now with Rayola, it's a weird one. We have to forget we're Man United. We're not the top dog anymore who can pick and choose who we get. We have to go back to when Man City were 10 years ago and start and pay whatever it took. Um, Man City 10 years ago were paying huge wages, huge transfer fees, huge agent fees to get where they need to be. We were already yeah. there. We didn't need to. But now we're falling back into that fifth, sixth, seventh spot. We need to be sort of... I mean, you don't even have to go back 10 years ago. You can go back as recent as... Uh, when did Kyle Walker join? Uh, two, three seasons ago? Two or three years, yeah. They, they broke the record for a fullback at the time. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Manchester City are a major part of what is now the inflated market. So, it's just from a want of being, wanting to be successful. Um, look, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. With the, Like, the Haaland one looks really poor now, considering how well he started at Dortmund. But I can understand United's stance. I think you need to get back to being successful, though, before you start saying, you know, bending agents and 
other clubs the way you want. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're desperate, but we're loaded. So, yeah. catch 22. Um, we'll just rattle off some of the other comments and hopefully not going over sort of too much old ground, which we've already covered. But from George, who has also been on the podcast, today I felt like we we missed Rashford's work rate. Marshall and Greenwood are both undeniably talented footballers, but lack the work rate to press City effectively and force errors out of them, which can secure his possession further up the field more often and make it hard for them to play out of the back. On the load and, on the lighter note, um, De Gea and Fred were sensational. Would have been a different scoreline without those two, which both sort of agree with. Um, Robert, really excited about Bruno Fernandes coming in, but I hope the excited doesn't paper over the cracks. We still need more, still need more players and the board and the board out, obviously. And I still don't think Ollie's the man either, but that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, look, it is going to paper over the cracks, Facebook, like it or not. Um, there's still huge issues with United, not just on the field, but definitely off it. And one Portuguese midfielder is not going to fix anything. He might get an upturn in results. Look, he'll improve. He's not going to make things worse. Um, unless he's got the same diet as Alexis Sanchez and Rumble Lukaku when they put on a red shirt. Um, what did you make of Solskjaer's comments there? I, I, I Personally, I don't. I think it was just tongue-in-cheek. I thought I it was a joke. Think, yeah, I, I don't thought, think it's happening. I, I thought it was a joke. I thought... Yeah, the, the ties were cut with, with Sanchez. Sanchez wanted out. He, Solskjaer wanted out. So there's no love loss. They got rid of him. Um, yeah. I thought we'd say that. He might come back as our new number seven. <laughs> um, from Matt on Facebook, how badly we need another midfielder so the likes of Lingard and Pereira don't see the pitch ever again. Um, we need to sign a quality centre-back to pair with Maguire because Lindelof is only a quality backup. Yeah, For, for me, a centre-back is still a huge issue. I think um, we've got to sort of improve on Lindelof because I'll, I'll say it again. Lindelof is a player I can see in 10 years we will look back at this season and go do you remember that Lindelof? God wasn't he shocking but like now he's yeah. okay he's okay but we'll look back in 10 years going oh god he never did anything did he? He's, he doesn't fill you with confidence does he? you feel like we could concede a goal with him in defence um, yeah, look to be fair as said with Maguire though you go away to Man City and keep a clean sheet fair play to you um, Pete on Facebook how do you see Bruno fitting in which we obviously discussed Duane um, just said Matic and I think we're both sort of a little bit on the Matic train as well and Adrian from the Perth Supporters Club um, obviously it's very excited about Bruno Fernandes so anything else to discuss on this week's podcast? Um, no mate it's been a fairly positive one I think for the most part so let's just keep it rolling and we'll chat after Wolves well there is Wolves on Saturday which we will um, chat either on Sunday or Monday about and then on Obviously, the 6th of February, we'll release our podcast in regards to Munich. And then there is a bit of a break. I think we don't play from the 3rd to the 18th of February. So um, we'll definitely still rattle off a few podcasts in that, in sort of in that break. So if anyone wants to come on or has any topics which we mentioned last week, feel free to come on and have your say. We'll pump out. The 3rd to the 18th, what's that, three weeks? Two and a half weeks? So yeah. We've got, I reckon we we'll knock off three or four podcasts then, maybe, if anyone wants to come on. And have a beer, or if you want to do it online, all you need is a Discord account. You just sign up to Discord, and it's easy enough. And we'll get you on to have a chat. So, see you on Sunday or Monday, mate. Yeah, mate. It's been a been a semi-positive one. Yeah, it should have been more positive, but I don't know. Maybe, as I said, it's just paper the cracks. No, maybe we're a bit too real. Uh, I don't know. I've been paid to be negative. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, we'll chat to you next week on Monday, most likely. Cheers. Uh,